Welcome to the Mapped Out Money Podcast, where we help you understand finance and manage your money so you can get on with living your adventure. You're listening to episode number 50. And today's episode is sponsored by the Mapped Out Money Minute. This is another podcast, a daily podcast that we host. And the episodes are much shorter. They're normally one to two minutes long and just gives you a quick uh, little daily dose of financial advice or tips that we think would be helpful for you. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, check it out. It's called the Mapped Out Money Minute. You can find it in your favorite podcast player. And we would love to have you listen over there. Last week's episode, uh, we talked all about a career transition and kind of designing your own life path and figuring out what you want to be doing, all that kind of stuff. And we teased this episode of talking about the Strengths Finder test. Yeah, so the the there's a lot of different personality tests, you know, IQ tests, strengths tests, all kinds of different stuff out there that you know, claim to tell you a lot of different things. But but this test is like, I would say one of the more legitimate ones, you know, like, like, there's a lot of goofy tests and personality tests out there. And there's a lot of them that aren't necessarily backed by any sort of really scientific rigor. Uh, and there are a handful that are like the big five personality is like, very much so like backed by science. And so is this one. So this is called the strengths finder. It's put out by Gallup. It is has been around for a long, long, long time. And I've found it to be probably the most beneficial self-awareness personality type test that I've taken. The other thing I like about this one, this is kind of a nitpicky thing, but the language around the strengths finder. So you know um, how with like Enneagram or what's the one where all the letters are like a combination oh, of letters? Um, it's, uh, you know, I'm an ESTJ. It's yes. called the Myers-Briggs. Yes. Yes. So that language right there, I'm a this. fill in the blank. Yes. Yeah. That always, I mean, that that is like a pet peeve. I mean, that is like not that big of a thing, but it just kind of bugs me. The boxing you in. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then um, I think sometimes we almost, I don't know, like we just let that define us yep. too much. Yep. And so what I like about the strengths finder is that like this, these are some of your strengths. These are some of the areas where you might flourish. Yes. Um, it's not like you are this. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm you saying? You make decisions because this. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's much more encouraging language and saying even even like your weaknesses, they don't even necessarily call them weaknesses because it just is like you're just not as strong here, you know? Like which is maybe <laughs> the same like way to say it. Sounds like a participation trophy something. But 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 the idea though is just saying the the point of the test to me is every human has different things that they're good at and different things that they're naturally not great at. And you're going to enjoy your life a lot more and you're going to make more money and you're going to enjoy your career. If you do the things that you, you're naturally inclined. If you find yourself working in areas that you have strengths in. Yeah. It just makes sense. I also like the development aspect of the strengths finder. Like, you know, okay, here's your strengths. And then they like give you information on how to make them even stronger. Yep. So I first found out about this strengths finder. Um, because I was reading a book from Michael Hyatt, who I'm a big fan of, and I, I read a lot of Michael's stuff when I was first starting to get into the the business world. And Michael like swears by it and uses this for all of his team members. Like once you come on board at Michael's 
uh, Michael's team, like the first thing they do is they have you take the strengths finder test and they try to make sure that they've put a, that they're putting you in a role that really suits your strengths, which makes so much sense to me. And at the time I was reading a lot of advice, I guess, from business owners and people who had successfully, you know, transitioned from working for someone else to working for themselves. And one of the recurring themes that I kept hearing over and over again was that you need to do what you do best figure out what that is. And then as you grow your business, you need to outsource or hire other people to do the things that are not your top strengths. And that makes a lot of sense to me. And you're a very long-term thinker yes. as well. So even from the beginning of you really, you know, starting like mapped out money and, and working for yourself and everything, you were already thinking about those things, even though in the beginning you had to do all of it. Yeah, it was a long you weren't way outsourcing to anybody. Yeah. And then even when, when I came on board, it was like, okay, well, now between the two of us, we just have to do all of it. So it's not like we were really getting to to really be choosy about right. what we were doing. But you were already trying to get us thinking that way so that when it was time to outsource things, we kind of knew like, no, these are kind of the tasks that I want to hang on to and that I want to continue developing my skills in. And these are the things we want to hire somebody else to do. Exactly. So that's how I first got into it. And I took the test back in 2017 or 18, I think. And I didn't, at first I just did like the basic test. So the, the way it works, right? I mean, everything, it's, they're a business. Okay. So they upsell you on all these different things and yada, yada, yada. But the, the, the core test is like 20 bucks. So you go online, you pay like $20 if you just want the test. Now you can buy their book, which is like $30 or something. And the book comes with one passcode for a test. So you, that's what we did. But the problem with that, I actually wouldn't recommend this because they only give you your top five strengths and they don't give you a lot of developmental work, in my opinion. And so I actually think the better bang for your buck, if you're like a believer in what we're about to talk about and you go like, this makes sense, I would like to do this. I actually think the best bang for your buck is to not buy their book and instead pay $50 for the full-blown report. And what that is, is there's 34 strengths that they go over and that we're going to talk about in this episode. There's 34 of them. And in the single report, they just give you the top five. Well, in the full report, they give you everything. They give you your rankings on all 34 of them. They give you your top 10, uh, or they, they give you all of them, but they focus on the top 10. And they show you your theme because there's four main themes for how you like to work and how you get things done. And then they also give you a lot more in-depth resources on like questions to answer for applying your strengths, questions to answer to avoid your blind spots. I found that very helpful. And so we've actually since paid for the full report on both me and Hannah. And I, I just found it a lot more informative on actually using the information to make sure that you and I are operating in our strength zones, if you will, as often as possible. I agree with that. I think it was way more helpful. Um, when I did this, I took the test and then read the book and honestly kind of got done with the book and was like, mm, okay, I don't really know that that was that helpful. Yeah. And it wasn't until you got those expanded reports and then we actually spent some time like talking about it that it seemed helpful to me. So now if I were going to go back and do it again, I would take the test, get that that extended report thing and then read the book when I felt more interested yeah. in it because, you know, the book was just kind of I mean it's their 
their, I guess, philosophy and then like really explaining all of the, the strengths. Yep. And at that point, I just wasn't interested enough to even really care. Yeah. If that makes sense. So it was kind of like a flood of information that I'm like, I don't really know what I'm going to do with any of this. Well, and it also kind of depends on your role, right? So like for me, I just my position in the business, I have more of a leadership role. And so we're not going to talk about this on these episodes because I haven't done it yet. But I actually just bought some of their like management books that are about how to manage, you know, based on StrengthsFinder stuff. Because... If what I'm thinking is that as we continue to grow the business, like we've recently hired a coach to come on board and help coach our students. And she's been doing phenomenal. She's been working with us for about five months. And I'm thinking like, I want her to take that strengths finder test. And I'm going to read these books on like how to help people develop their strengths. Right. And so now it makes a lot more sense for me to not only learn mine, but to understand all 34 and understand how I can help our team members apply those. Um, whereas like your role doesn't, you don't need that as much. Your role makes more sense for you to focus on yours and how you, we can make sure that you're developing your strengths and you're playing in a role that makes perfect sense based on your strengths. But it's also one of those things too, where just the way that I am, I got more interested in this the more that we talked about it and whatever. So I find it interesting now to learn more about the rest of it. Yeah. Whereas in the beginning, just after I took the test and it was like, okay, here's my top five strengths. Now let me sit here and read this book. It just wasn't very interesting to me or very helpful. Yep. Whereas like now down the road, I think the book would be helpful. So just let yourself let yourself get there slowly. Don't feel like you have to like read this book totally. first thing out of the gate. It's been like, like a two or three year process of us playing with this yeah. test. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. Yep. I also wanted to say for me in particular, this type of thing is helpful because I think I think that maybe maybe there's other people out there that feel like this. Um Nick is very analytical when it comes to thinking about his strengths and what he's good at and all that stuff, even without something like the strengths finder. Whereas I tend to like when Nick's like, well, what do you really enjoy doing? And what do you feel like you're best at? And you know, whatever. I kind of feel like, I don't know. I feel like I'm not good at anything. Well, part of it is you're just really harsh on yourself. Yeah. Well, and I feel like there's probably a lot of people out there like I, that. I agree. So this was very helpful for me from that perspective, because I do, if I just sit there and try to freestyle, think of what I think I'm good at, I'm, I'm like, I'll think of something and then I'll beat myself down on it. Like, well, I mean, I'm not really that good at that. I'm, you know, well, whatever. and that's, so. we're not really going to talk about our strengths on this episode. We'll mention them here and there, but that's what next, next episode's for. But to, to further your point, um, you know, in my top 10, one of them is self-assurance. right yeah uh you're very low on self-assurance and so of course when i say like what do you think you're good at you're like i'm not good (laughs) i'm like eeyore i'm not good at anything (laughs) um so so yeah like if you're somebody like that i think that this is a really helpful exercise to give you give you some guidance in thinking about those things and help you help you think about it in a productive way and maybe also give you some confidence like i think when we read through yours especially especially like your top ones you're like Okay. Yeah. Um, those are things that I, I like. I am pretty good at. Like, I'm good at those things. Yeah. I can see that. 
Okay, so with all that being said, um, we wanted to use the rest of this episode to just highlight the 34 strengths Mm -hmm. and give you a quick little blurb. And they actually have a resource for this. It's just the Clifton Strengths themes, and it's like a quick reference guide. So we're just kind of going to use that and... Yeah, Go just give you an list. intro. So if you don't know anything about StrengthsFinder and this is interesting for you, we're just going to give you an intro to all the different 34 strengths. And then next week, we're going to talk about our strengths and how we've applied them and tried to, to utilize that information within our careers. Yeah. The first one here is the achiever. People exceptionally talented in the achiever theme work hard and possess a great deal of stamina. They take immense satisfaction in being busy and productive. Yeah, the um, the other thing I was going to say about these was each one of these strengths falls into a theme. Do you want to read through the strengths by theme? Yeah, actually, that might make more sense. Rather than doing it alphabetical, okay. let me log in and we'll do it by theme. Okay. All right, so I've got them. I've got them pulled up here by theme. So the the four themes are executing, influencing, relationship building, and strategic thinking. And so it kind of has to do with the way that you just the way that you approach things by default, situations by default. And so what they say about each one is that executing theme uh, helps you make things happen. The influencing theme helps you take charge, speak up, and make sure that others are heard. The relationship building theme helps you build strong relationships that hold a team together. And strategic thinking team uh, theme helps you absorb and analyze information that informs better decisions. All right, the reason I wanted to say that was the achiever is an executing theme. Like Hannah said, it's people that are, you know, they work hard, they possess a great deal of stamina, they take immense satisfaction in being busy and productive. All right, so our next one is discipline. People exceptionally talented in the discipline theme enjoy routine and structure. Their world is best described by the order they create. All right, next we have the arranger. Um, This is, all these are still in the execution theme. People exceptionally talented in the arranger can organize but they also have flexibility that complements this. They like to determine how all of the pieces and resources can be arranged for maximum productivity. All right, then we've got focus. So these people can take a direction, follow through, and make the corrections necessary to stay on track. They prioritize and then act. Then we've got belief. These people have core values that are unchanging. And then out of these values emerge a defined purpose for their life. Next is responsibility. So if you're high on responsibility, you take psychological ownership of what you say and do. Uh, You're committed to stable values such as honesty and loyalty. Then we've got consistency. These people are keenly aware of the need to treat people the same. They crave stable routines, clear roles, and procedures that everybody can follow. Then restorative. I like this one. This is probably my favorite one. So these people are adept at dealing with problems, and they're good at figuring out what's wrong and resolving it. But also, when we were reading about it, this was the one that, like, it's like you like to fix old things that have been, like, deteriorated or whatever, right? What, not this one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like um, breathing life back, back into, into something. Back that, into something. Yeah. Yeah. You fixed it. Uh, it rekindled its vitality, they mm-hmm. say. Yes, I like that. And then the last one that we have in the executing theme is deliberative. Did I say that right? I think so. Um, It's kind of a weird word. It is. So these people are best described by the serious care they take in making decisions or choices. They anticipate obstacles. Okay, so that wraps up the executing 
theme. Then we have my absolute lowest theme, influencing. <laughs> I don't have a single Top like ten. Yeah, no. My highest one in this group is twenty. So I am. Is it really? Yeah, I am not an influencer. Wow. So, <laughs> um, do you want to do you want to just give us that definition for the influencing theme, real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the influencing theme again helps you take charge, speak up, and make sure that others are heard. There you go. Okay. So then we've got the activator, and this is people that can make things happen by turning thoughts into action. They want to do things now rather than simply talk about them. Then we have the maximizer. I think that's such a fun name. So the maximizer theme, uh, basically they focus their strengths as a way to stimulate personal and group excellence. They seek to transform something strong into something superb. Then command. This is people that have presence. They can take control of a situation and make decisions. Yeah, I think of people that like you know it when they enter a room. Yeah. I'm just laughing at myself because I'm like, yep, none of these things are me. <laughs> That's okay because you're strong in lots of other areas. <laughs> All right. Next is um, self-assurance. Yeah, we mentioned that one earlier. Uh, so this is one where people feel confident in their ability to take risks and manage their own lives. They have an inner compass that gives them certainty in their decisions. Where where does that fall for you on your strength? It's 10. So it's That's like 10. right at my top 10. Okay, yeah. 21 for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> communication. These people find it easy to put their thoughts into words. Also, very much not me. Um, they are good conversationalists and presenters. All right, next we have significance. People that are strong here want to make a big impact. They are independent and prioritize projects based on how much influence they will have on the organization or the people around them. Then we've got competition. Is this your lowest one? It's 31. 31 out of 34. <laughs> yeah. Um, so these people generally find it easy to put their... Oh, no, sorry. Um, these people measure their progress against the performance of others. They strive to win first place and revel in contests. And th what is this for you? Uh, four. Yeah. If you ain't first, you're last. That's, that's right. That's... Like, Nick is so competitive. <laughs> Actually, the other day I was just saying, like, man, I kind of wish I was, like, maybe a little bit more competitive with you so that, like, we could have fun, like, doing competitions against each other. And it was like, yeah, no, that needs to not happen. Like, that could get ugly real fast. It'd be bad so. for our relationship. So I guess it's good that that's 31 for me, but. We do better as a team competing against the world. There you go. All right, you want to do woo? Yeah, next is woo. And I'm actually, both of us are kind of low on this, which I think is interesting. We're so low. Um, this is 33 for me. It's 20, I mean, 25 for me, yeah. So woo stands for winning other people over. Well, winning others over. Or winning others over, yeah. But it's the theme of they love challenging, or they love the challenge of meeting new people and winning them over. They derive satisfaction from breaking the ice and making a connection with someone. So not me. But it's fun when you can meet someone who, like, I, I hope, so, so that was the end of our influencing theme. So we're about halfway through. So I hope if you're listening to this, maybe some people have come to mind. Like, I think that's what's funny. So like Eric um, Reem is this guy that I used to work with at a previous job. And Eric's number one is Wu. And he is like one of the most fun guys you'll ever meet. Everybody loves him. You love hanging around with him. He's like interesting and entertaining. He used to do like, uh, he used to be in the military and he used to do um, interrogation to like get get people to take lie detector tests and basically like read their body language and know when they were lying. Like he's a fascinating guy. He's just super fun to be around and he is so high in woo. And I don't know, it's always fun as we're listening to these, go like, oh, that's so 
Eric. He's great at that. And we actually have like some of our RV friends staying with us this week. And they're, I mean, in some ways, kind of like the opposites of us. Yes. It's two sisters. And one of them in particular is like, we think she's high and woo. Very high and woo. Very yeah. high and maximizer. maximizer. Yes. Yeah. She's super fun. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes very being outgoing. around her. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. So that's, um, like I said, the end of the influencing theme. Next, we have the relationship building theme. And this one, again, helps you build strong relationships that hold a team together. So we've got adaptability in this group. And I, I just want to say, this is my absolute lowest. This is this is the thing I am, uh, this is my, my lowest strength. That actually, adaptability is? Yep. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> these people prefer to go with the flow. <laughs> they tend to be now people or take things as they come and discover the future one day at a time. Yeah, that is absolutely. Anybody who knows me knows not I'm not. Well, and I always joke, like I used to think that I was like, pretty long-term minded and like kind of a planner and whatever. And then I met Nick and I was like, I feel like the most spontaneous person You're like the most go with the flow person ever. I'm like so fun and spontaneous. (laughs) (laughs) It's helpful to know this stuff too, because just because you're not good at something doesn't mean that you don't ever do it. Right. To me, it's helpful to know that I'm actually not great at adaptability And so I probably shouldn't be in a role that requires highly adaptability, like high adaptability, because I just, I'm not going to thrive there. But it's also good to know because there's lots of life situations. Like I'm married into a family of high adaptability people. Like you're a lot of your, especially your mom's side, like that's the theme of the family is like, just go with the flow. That's the way they live their life. They do their vacations that way. And it's helpful for me to know that I struggle with that so that at least now I'm self-aware about it. And so I can just go, okay, Nick, this is not your strongest thing, but like you can go with the flow for this week or whatever. There's some balance in there of focus on your strengths, but also work on getting better at things totally maybe aren't your strengths so another thing you know rving was huge for you in this area it chilled me out so much yeah well and i think you just realized like wow i can make this really miserable for myself if i want to try to be like really rigid and Mm -hmm. not go with the flow at all or i can just be like hey you know what i don't have to be this way like yes this is kind of my natural inclination but I can, I can, I can let it choose go. to be adaptable. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that's an important point, too. All right. So, next on the relationship building theme, we have the includer. They show awareness of those who feel left out and they make an effort to include them. They're very accepting of others. We've got connectedness next. These people have faith in the links among all things. They believe there are few coincidences and that almost every event has meaning. Next, we have individualization. This is one I'm going to talk about next week because it's it's in my top 10 and how it applies to like budgeting. But individualization basically mean that people are intrigued with the unique qualities of each person and they have a gift for figuring out how different people can work together productively. Yeah, and you you are excellent at this. Like and I think that's something that has really benefited me in our marriage because uh, especially, you know, those times like when I am feeling down on myself and I feel like I'm not good at anything. You're really good at seeing people's strengths and like pulling those out of people and like helping to highlight those for them to see. That, that's probably why I like the Strengths Finder so much, honestly, because I think uh, this sounds like bragging on myself, but it's not. It's just it's just one of my strengths. 
I actually think anybody who wants to do the Strengths Finder and use it, it would be actually really helpful for them if they could go through it with somebody who's high in individualization, because that person's probably pretty good at going, hey, actually, you're really good at this. Mm-hmm. And like, I could see you apply it in this way. Totally. I, I agree with that. It has definitely helped me in this. So then we got the developer. So the developer um, recognizes and cultivates the potential in others. They spot the signs of each small improvement and derive satisfaction from evidence of progress. So this one goes really well with what we just said. And I think you're also really high in this one. So next we have positivity, which is basically dead center for me. It's number 18. Positivity. People exceptionally talented here have contagious enthusiasm. (laughs) They're upbeat. And can get others excited about what they're going to do, which, like you said, so our sis, uh, the the RV friends, the sisters who are here, the one sister that we were talking about, she's like high in woo, high in maximizer, high in positivity, which just makes her like one of the most fun people to hang out with. Totally, she is. Okay, now we've got empathy. Is this your highest on relationship building? Mm-hmm. Developer is. Developer is okay. Yeah, but you're high in empathy too. Three, four, five. Developer, empathy, and harmony. then harmony. Yeah. But so for empathy, people exceptionally talented in this can sense other people's feelings by imagining themselves in others' lives or situations. And this one is interesting for you because you actually rank I'm pretty low. bad at this. This it, is 32 for me. Yeah, but it's something that I think you recognize the importance of, especially, I don't know, even even just like when you were graduating college and mm-hmm. stuff and getting into the, the workforce, I think you realized you looked at people around you and realized that they were lacking it and working with other people like in your office and yeah. stuff and just how important it is. And so I would argue that you're you're actually very empathetic. Well, and that's where the strengths finder is helpful, right? Mm-hmm. So the strengths finder shows you your natural inclinations and your natural strengths. It doesn't mean you can't improve those areas. And so what's great about our marriage and working together as a team is that you're really high in empathy. I'm incredibly low in empathy. And I have been able to increase my empathy and get better at that watching and learning from you, really, and like seeing how you handle situations and you you may not always agree because empathy is different than sympathy. It doesn't mean that you necessarily align with or necessarily um, feel bad for or feel pity or sympathy on someone. But when someone's coming from a different perspective, you're good at empathizing with that. And at least seeing their perspective and going, oh, I understand this. Whereas I've historically not been great at that. And I've learned a lot from you. And that's that, so that's been helpful because I can definitely improve that um, by being around you, I think. All right. Next, we've got the relator. This is people who enjoy close relationships with others. They find deep satisfaction in working hard with friends to achieve a goal. All right. And then last on the relationship building theme, we have harmony. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harmony theme looks for consensus. They do not enjoy conflict. Rather, they seek areas of agreement. One thousand percent. Yes. I hate conflict. We will. Something will happen that is not even really a true conflict. I mean, cannot even mildly be described as a conflict. And like a week after it, I will bring it back up. And Nick's like, oh, my gosh, are you still thinking? You're like, do you think they're mad at me? About this? that? You're like, I forgot that that even happened. I'm like, <laughs> I've been analyzing this every day for the past week. <laughs> I mean, it's a problem. It's bad. Like, ooh, it's rough. But it's great because it makes you it makes you be able to bring people together and resolve conflict when you need to because you're looking for areas of agreement and consensus. I guess. 
doesn't lead to inner harmony for me. <laughs> <laughs> it leads for it leads to group harmony for everyone else. <laughs> All right, so now we're on to the last theme. Uh, this is the strategic thinking theme. And again, this helps you absorb and analyze information that informs better decisions. The first one here is analytical. This is people who search for reasons and causes. They have the ability to think about all the factors that might affect a situation. Then we've got input. Um, these people need to collect and archive. They may accumulate information, ideas, artifacts, or even relationships. There's so many of these that I never thought about before as strengths. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they're, like people think of like, oh, I'm good at leadership or I'm good at thinking about whatever. I'm good at math. You know, or I'm good at English. Mm -hmm. There's so many different types of things like input. We had never, I'd never like thought about that before. And then you're actually pretty high in input. And we read that and we're like, yeah, yeah, you are. That is something you do really well at. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting. Well, and then as you go through this too, it's interesting to see how, um, how they pair yeah. together. We haven't gotten to the learner yet, but I'm, I'm high in learner and then I'm, I'm high in input. And so kind of the idea of like collecting ideas and quotes and things from like different resources and kind of like compiling those. I definitely find myself doing that without thinking about it. Yes. Yep. All right. So next on strategic, strategic thinking is context. And people here really enjoy thinking about the past. They understand the present by researching its history. Then we've got intellection. These people are characterized by their intellectual activity. They are introspective and appreciate intellectual discussions. I don't think anybody's going to use that to describe me either. <laughs> well, I, that's like kind of middle of the road for me. and but It's it, pretty middle of the road for me too. I'm like 13. On yeah. Oh, I'm 13. That's funny. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um, but I do think about like my friend Jackson uh, yeah. from high school and then went to college with him as or well. Or I think about like Hendrick. Yes. Hendrick is this roommate. way. Yeah. Yes. Like we have some people in our lives that like this has to be top like Jackson I remember him talking about like having trouble driving to school because he would start daydreaming about some like math problem or some like interesting intellectual problem he was thinking about and uh, and he would like struggle to stay in his lane and like all this stuff while he was driving and I just remember thinking like wow that is so not something I can relate to but that's kind of interesting that you um, are so like in your head about stuff next we've got futuristic these people are inspired by the future and what could be they energize others and their visions of the future i always think of like elon musk with that yes it's yeah. gotta be super high all right next we have um, my number one which we'll talk more about next week but it is learner people here have a great desire to learn and want to continuously improve the process of learning rather than just the outcome excites them yeah, so it was interesting, like, Nick is number one in that, and I'm number two yeah. in that. Both very high on the learner one. Then we've got ideation. These people are fascinated by ideas. They are able to find connections between seemingly disparate, 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 is that how you said that? You're asking the wrong person. That's a word that I, like, never say. Phenomenon. Um, are you high in this? No, I'm low. It's really? 30, 33 is my second to last one. Interesting. Okay. But that's something that I've really, that's kind of like empathy for me. I know that being able to generate ideas is helpful. So and so I've been something on. I've very consciously tried to work on. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. All right. Um, the last one is strategic. Um, creates alternative ways to proceed. Strong people here face with any given scenario. They can quickly spot relevant patterns and issues. 
so that's um that's the 34 for 34 strengths and i know that was a lot to cover in like a podcast format but hopefully our real hope with this episode was that this just sort of wet your appetite if this is the kind of thing that you would find helpful. And I would also say that those descriptions are are so brief. They're so surface level. Yeah, that they don't really hit on a lot of, of the depth of these things. So yeah. I think if you take the test and you do get that more detailed report, um, when you read the description of them, you'll probably find yourself going like, oh, okay, yeah, that does, that does. does sound like me. And so if you are, I would say, honestly, this is helpful for just about anybody, but especially... If you are not 100% satisfied with your current sort of job or career path, I would say this would be beneficial. Even if you're not looking to make a massive career change, this would be beneficial to just figure out like, what am I good at? And how can I try to get myself into roles and positions at my job that allow me to sort of use my strengths as often as possible? Well, I think too... What an interesting thing to do with your kids. Yes. They, and, well, they have a whole strengths finders. Like they have like a whole parenting book on yeah. like parenting um, based on like your kids' strengths and stuff, which yeah. I think is cool. And I know you don't want to like do stuff like this and put your kids in a box like way early on. So I don't I don't mean it in that way. But but just like taking it even, you know, every couple of years yeah. and seeing kind of where they're at. I don't know. It's just an interesting Well, uh, and it's just like, tool. it's just like noticing anything else about parenting, right? Like if you notice your kid loves basketball and is also good at it and you has like support him in that. Um, yeah. uh, an affinity for it, you want to like try to get him into basketball camp and whatever. That's the same thing, right? It's, um, it's just figuring out what do you have a natural inclination towards and how can I help develop that? Yeah. Well, and I think too, I mean, I'm getting into parenting stuff that I don't know anything about, but I think too, like with middle schoolers mm-hmm. and like that time when you're just super self-conscious and like feel super awkward, or at least most people do, what a neat objective way to be able to find those strengths and go like, these are some of the things that like you really thrive at yeah. and i don't know like a, a builder upper you yeah. know what i'm saying it's very it's very com- i think it's very confidence boosting yeah i think so too so all that to say we really like strengths finders which brings us to stuff we like all right it's your turn this week what are you liking i am liking this uh twitter handle from this guy named trung fan you are you bring him up like almost every day okay so trung is this guy who works for a company called the hustle um they're a media company they write a daily email newsletter about business and tech and things and trung is like their main writer and he has recently started getting a lot more active on twitter and honestly everybody should just go follow him if you're on twitter at all like he does business stuff he does finance stuff but mostly he is just hilarious and he does all of these memes and it's not just comedy though like he somehow mixes memes and like funny stuff with these really cool like takeaways or really interesting things and i just shared on the mapped up money minute i just recorded an episode about one of his tweets so check that out but um one of the things i wanted to share here was one of my favorite threads he just recently did and we're actually going to do a whole episode on this in the future because i want to talk about it is Um, He talked about incentives and incentives and rules and how those incentives can oftentimes backfire because people don't think about them. And so he said, uh, what's a rule that was first implemented somewhere that has massively backfired? And he pulled a lot of these from Reddit and he put them all in a thread and said, here's some of the best ones. So here's just like 
two or three that I thought were hilarious. One was um, that alcohol bans at college football games have actually led to increased intoxication because fans were getting really drunk before entering the stadium. Another one was in uh, Athens in the late 80s. The government tried to limit pollution by having odd-numbered vehicles and even-numbered vehicle-like license plates uh, drive on alternating days. And the result is that everybody ended up buying a second crappier car with worse emissions (laughs) as their backup to drive on the other days. And the streets ended up staying super clogged and the pollution actually got worse. And then last one, this is... um, I think it's kind of, this one's a little gross, but it's funny, is a, a college bar had happy hour promotions and they were doing 50 cents a beer until anybody in the bar peed. I don't know whose idea that was. <laughs> Who thought that that would and end said, in good things? He said, he said some crazy stuff started happening. People started wearing like adult diapers. Other people would like go covertly pee in a trash can or in hidden corners. And the bar ended up obviously canceling happy hour. <laughs> So anyways, he uh, he's just been a super fun follow for entertainment. He probably is one of the best people I've ever seen combine entertainment with education. Um, just putting together these funny things that still have this really underlying cool story of how incentives in our life, in our work, in our own finances um, really drive outcomes and how oftentimes – they'll make us do funny things that we wouldn't have necessarily thought about on the front end. So Trung Fam, that's T-R-U-N-G-T-P-H-A-N is his Twitter handle. Super fun to follow. N or M at the end? N. Okay. Like Nick. All right. Do we, uh, we good? Yeah, I think so. I think um, to summarize this episode, we're big fans of the Strengths Finder. We found it massively helpful. If it's something you want to learn more about, we would encourage you to just go ahead and spring the money for the full-blown 34 report. Skip the book, but grab that report because all the PDFs and guides that they give you are incredibly helpful. And then if you're interested, next week we're going to be releasing an episode where we discuss our top strengths, how we've analyzed them, how we're using them, and how we're trying trying to make sure that we're using them as best we can to, you know, uh, do work that aligns with our strengths. And we're going to talk about some of our, our not top strengths too. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about, <laughs> about some of those. And, and we'll also give you probably like a list of questions that you can answer to help you find ways to apply your strengths in your own life. So hope to see you there. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you next week.